Eagle Nation, you're listening to Gotta Talk, a podcast dedicated to all things Georgia Southern football. Now, here's your hosts, Matt Monty and Cody Anderson. Eagle Nation, welcome to Gotta Talk. We are back for our Georgia Southern preview. We finally get to talk about our Eagles after breaking down the East and West divisions of the Sunbelt Conference. Um, I'm your host, Matt Monty, as uh, joined as always uh, by my friend Cody Anderson. What's up, Cody? Hey, Matt. Um, we definitely have a lot to talk about regarding previews of the uh, team and season, as well as everything that has taken place in the last two to three weeks since our last episode came out. So we got a lot to talk about. And I can't wait to um, get all the discussions and um, all of our thoughts and opinions out as far as what has transpired over the last two weeks, which have been absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's it's been insane, Cody. I mean, I you know I, I'd like to sit here and say that we don't really have that much to talk about. It. It's been an uneventful uh, you know fall camp and um, just kind of preview the team. But yeah, we we, we got some housekeeping stuff to do, <laughs> but before we can kind of uh, you know break down the offense, defense, and special teams and, and the 2019 season uh, with with everything that's happened. I mean, you know we. Uh, initially kind of put off recording the podcast uh, with the J.D. King situation and kind of let that sort itself out. And hopefully we would have an answer, at least at the time of this uh, recording. Uh, we still have no answer on that, but we'll touch on that in a second. Um, and then, of course, fall camp opens and uh, Lunsford <clears throat> addresses the media and says that there's uh, been two recent arrests uh, with Shy Wirtz and, and, and Quan Griffin. Uh, now, you know, um, you know all all the details. If you listen to this, you know all the details of Shy. Um, and then uh, you know recently on uh, August 9th, he uh, he was the possession charge was dropped. Um, the cocaine possession charge. It was uh, fa- uh, discovered that it wasn't a controlled substance of any kind um, on the hood of his uh, 2016 Dodge Charger. And um, you know he he just comes away with a speeding ticket. Uh, no other repercussions or penalties uh from the school or the ncaa or anything like that uh, i was decided from the um athlete school uh, conduct co- code that the the two games that are two uh practices that he missed uh what was time served so that's that's great news shy's back um you know we, we recently held a scrimmage um he you know played a little bit in that um it, it's just good to have him back cody it's good to um just see, you know, the the character that he has shown uh, through this entire situation. Um, you know, he, he's just kind of held his composure through the whole thing, through the arrest itself, and then um, and then ever since, you know, and then you know addressing the media um, on on August tenth, and, and you know just um, just showing kind of the the great character that the kid has, um, and, and just really how much of a of a leader. Uh, you know he's he's become and how much he has grown. You know just uh, since being being here um, at at Georgia Southern. So yeah, it, definitely. You know when when a person faces trials and and and, and difficulties, um, especially those difficulties and trials that that are not of of their any actions or anything that they've done, um, it will really test a man's character and 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 who they are as a person. And I mean the way that Shy acted and the way that he responded and the way that he conducted himself in, in all aspects of this has been well above um, anybody's expectations, I would believe. I mean, he's just an outstanding and excellent young man. And for him to conduct himself the way that he has and, and really held his composure 
and just kind of stayed that consistent, level-minded, head, you know, just just excellent human being is just phenomenal in all of this. Um, I don't think if uh, you and I were in that situation, we'd have been able to have handled that as well as he did, for sure. Um, but it's awesome that he's back. It's awesome that everything has pretty much been dropped outside, I guess, of speed and charge, uh, which I'm sure that'll be taken care of relatively quickly. And, you know, now we can really just kind of focus on our offense and football and really kind of just get, you know, kind of where we need to be in regardless, you know, of the situation, just kind of focusing on, you know, fall camp and LSU in the season. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, if, if we, not, not that we needed anything else. I mean, after, after last year and what we saw that he brought, you know, on and off the field. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if it was possible to, you know, re- respect the kid uh, more and, and, and for, you know, Eagle Nation, I, you know, I think, uh, you know, Cody, you and I can probably speak for all of Eagle Nation on this is that we are, you know, so proud to have him as our QB one, you know, it, uh, again, just, just the, um, the level of character and composure that he's shown through this whole process has been awesome. My question for you is, you know, obviously this was a huge distraction uh, through through fall camp. I mean, the announcement coming that you know the b- before they kick things off on on uh, the first day, and then um, obviously he misses the first two practices. I don't think that's that big of a deal, you know, in in the big scheme of things, you know, from a football standpoint. Um, but just with all this, even with the charges drop now, there's obviously still headlines going out there on, on regional and national media, you know, about it. Um, you're probably going to have some schools and stuff that will bring it up. Um, I'm sure the announcers will bring it up. Um, you know, what do you think this will have any impact on, on, on shy and on the team? Uh, you know, moving forward into the LSU game and uh, and then uh, after that? I really don't think so. Um, and the reason being is that we say that it's a distraction, but to me it was a lot of, it was more like the media and, oh my gosh, you know, kind of what you heard from fall camp is that when Shai was able to come back and practice is that he he was doing fantastic. The team looked great. You know, I don't really know if this was much a distraction in the locker room. This is a very tight knit family, you know, based kind of locker room. They all, you know, there's the brotherhood that they talk about. So I don't know if it's so much of a distraction inside the locker room. It certainly didn't appear to be that way. And I think the from you know uh, the ADTK down through Lunsford down through the whole team, I think kind of really handled this phenomenally um, in all aspects yeah, of I agree. it. So. Do I think that it was much a distraction inside that locker room? No, I actually don't. Um, I think it was more of the fans and the media and, oh, my gosh, what's going on? And you have a four to five or seven-day, you know, media frenzy. And by the end of it, it's kind of what we all figured would happen is that everything was dropped. So now will teams that we play against, will they try to bring this up? They try to play head games and all that other stuff? Of course they will. You, You can't have your head in the sand and think that, places when we go like App State, Arkansas State, Detroit, you can't think that these places are not going to, you know, try to somewhere or another. Oh, yeah. they'll, try to there'll get, be signs, yeah. there'll be, you know, someone will try to sneak flower in or something yeah. like, you know, there's going to be something like that. Yeah, and or songs played over the PA system, you know, I, yeah. it's something is going to, but do I think that it will affect this team? No, I don't. I just don't. Yeah, and I, I think that really is a testament to to shy to the the team as a whole and to Lunsford. I mean, you know, we we've talked about it in the past of just 
we've we faced adversity before. This arguably is is one of the biggest, you know, uh, at least off the field, um, you know, types of adversity that we we've probably faced, you know, as as as, as a team, at least since Lunsford has been here, um, or, or or been the head coach. Um, but I, I think they continue just to show, you know, and really define what that that GS man, GS man, um, you know, mantra is, you know, and just that 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 high quality character, um, you know, it's, it's not just a hashtag; it's it's a way of life, and um, and they just continue to rise above, and I, I think that's just really encouraging and. I, you know, I know it's it's just great to see for everyone in English. Yeah, I mean, and that's why I don't think it was really that big of a deal in the locker room is because of that that GS man mantra that they install. I think everybody knew who, Sh- you know, obviously the team knows who Shy is, and I think it was pretty much safe to say that he's not the kind of person that's going to be riding around with, uh, you know, illegal substance um, in on his car or in on him. So it just, you know, none of it made sense when it first came out because everything that we know of about Shy just was like this is completely out of character and would be something that nobody in a million years would ever would have thought um, he would be associated with, and obviously he wasn't. So um, I think it's something that unfortunately is going to have to kind of, you know, has, has gotten to a, a national level. Um, maybe it will produce some changes that will be beneficial to um Saluda County and the nation um, as a whole, but uh, that's on a different podcast with different people. Yeah. So, um, like, like, like I said, uh, you know, Shai uh, did participate in that that first uh, scrimmage of, of fall camp. Um, didn't uh, didn't play a lot, but had eight carries, fifteen yards, had a six yard touchdown run. Um, so we will get kind of more into that um, in when we break down the offense uh, here in a minute. Um, of, of him and, and the quarterbacks, uh, you know, behind him that, that, you know, for, for a second there looked like, uh, you know, we, we might've been talking about maybe a bit more, um, you know, if, if shy was to, uh, to miss any games, but now, uh, you know, thankfully, um, he, you know, looks to be set to, uh, start the LSU game and, and every game thereafter. So let's move on to, uh, the other arrest that was announced, um, on that first, uh, day of fall camp. And that's, uh, Quan Griffin. Um, you know, these charges, you know, kind of a lot harder to defend. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, we, like everyone else should, believe in due process, uh, you know, innocent until proven guilty. Um, but these are some very serious charges uh, and, you know, several felonies there. Um, you know, the the report is that um, on uh, August 1st, uh, Quan Griffin, uh, the defensive end, was <clears throat> arrested uh, for uh, in charge with battery, aggravated battery, uh, weapons offense, damaging property, uh, bur- burglary, larceny, robbery, and obstructing uh, justice. And uh, the story basically goes that it was an ex-girlfriend of his. Um, him and uh, two friends uh, broke into the uh, residence and uh, beat up the new boyfriend. Um, is it uh, allegedly is, is what the report, uh, the police report said. So, um, he's still, uh, in, uh, in jail in, in Bradford County, Florida, um, with, with a bail of, uh, $345,000. It's safe to say, Cody, um, you know, his career at Georgia Southern, uh, likely done. Um, not sure if his total football career is done. Um, but I, I certainly don't expect, you know, to see him, uh, this season for sure. Um, and probably not in, not in the future either. Unfortunately not. Um, this appeared to be somebody that was going to kind of be in the too deep on the defense and, and possibly compete for a starting job. Um, I hate to hear all those charges that you just listed and, and what transpired. Um, 
let's just hope that he can, you know, that, that it wasn't him and that he's able to get through this as well and that he can get out. And if he's not back on the football team, hopefully he'll, you know, be able to, to pick up and, and, and move on and, and, and be successful. Um, but definitely um, hate to hear all of that. That's just, I mean, that's just terrible. And um, hopefully, as we've said, that due process will take its course and that the truth will come out and then he'll be able to move on. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, he, he saw games uh, or he saw a time in uh, 13 games last se- uh, season, all 13 games, uh, 22 total tackles, uh, 3.5 tackles for loss, three sacks, um, you know, uh, especially that, with that Coastal Carolina game, uh, the New Mexico State game, uh, you know, so, some big games for him. So would have added, uh, you know, so much de- needed depth there on the line. Um, but, you know, uh, and, and you hate to see it. But, um, yeah, like, like you said, hopefully everything gets sorted out. And, uh, you know, no matter what happens, hopefully, you know, it's it's only kind of uphill uh, for him and, and uh, you know, th- things get better with that situation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we know we, this is a football podcast, but in, in the grand scheme of things, football is just football. We, you know, what's more important yep. here is his life and, and, you know, him moving forward. And, and we wish all the best and definitely um, is in our thoughts and prayers and that, that, you know, this can be resolved fairly quickly for him. So now let's move to the the third kind of big story, and and again it, it was the kind of the main story and what we were kind of holding off on, um, you know, to to do this podcast before, uh, you know, the announcement of those arrests came, um, and that's J D Keene, um, you know, the transfer running back from Oklahoma State, um, you know, he. Uh, went into the transfer portal, uh, everything got approved, but in order for him to uh, not sit out that year, um, you know, he had to uh, check a couple boxes and he checked all of them but one. And, and that was uh, the distance between his hometown of uh, Fitzgerald, Georgia and uh, Georgia Southern. And that's 114 miles. And the NCAA transfer rules say that if you're uh, transferring for family issues and things like that. I believe, um, J- uh, JD King, he's, he's transferring back. His, uh, father is ill. Uh, his father's, uh, caretaker was, um, JD's uh, grandfather who recently passed away. Um, and again, he kind of did everything right. He got, uh, you know, a letter from Oklahoma state with their blessing. Um, and, and, you know, all the forms, all the paperwork, all that kind of stuff, uh, was good to go, but it's just that difference of that 14 miles. Um, and what's what's interesting is, you know, there's there's not another FBS program uh, within 100 miles of, of Fitzgerald, Georgia. You know, the only programs um, in that radius are Mercer, Valdosta State, Fort Valley State, and Albany State. Um, so, you know, Mercer being the you know highest level there at FCS. Um, so we're talking about 14 miles here, Cody. But uh, you know, and we, we've seen kind of. You know, a game of favorites with with NCAA of you know with these uh, new transfer rules and the transfer portal and all this. You have you know the high profile cases, obviously, with uh, you know Tate Martell and you know the kid from Georgia going to Ohio State, um, and and those seem to be like you know clockwork. You know, overnight they're they're approved, but this we're we're still waiting. You know, after hearing these timetables of uh, you know. Uh, Anytime this week, we'll, we might hear something. And again, at, at the recording of this, at least, um, you know, we, we still haven't heard any news on whether or not um, he'll be granted uh, that, that waiver and be able to uh, play for us this season. Yeah, you would hope that with these situations that, 
you could hear something quickly and and the team will know whether or not he can play for us this season uh because if he can man that would be a, a immediate boost to our running back core um and give them a, really at that point a lot of depth with a lot of fantastic athletes there and it was really kind of pick your poison uh with us at the running back position but if he's not there we're still kind of good there we'll get into that later on um it's yeah and you've seen this with this rule this this transfer rule for for a sick or, or um dying relative um you saw it with i think a tight end who transferred from i believe it was uga to illinois uh ford and also uh lineman from coastal who went to virginia tech uh brock Hoss, uh, hoffman i believe um and the distances there were also above the 100-mile radius. I think one was 130-something, and one was, I think, kind of close around the, the distance of uh, 114 with, in J.D.'s case. Uh, both were denied. Um, and yeah. there, I, and, I think and 114 there, was, was the least, yeah. I think. But, yeah, one was like 122, 126, yeah. something like that. But, yeah. So, um you know, they seem to be pretty strict on this 100-mile radius rule. Now, will the point of that this is the closest FBS school to his hometown, will that, you know, will that bring any change to this? I don't know. They may. They could set a precedent here that if the closest school um, on your, you know, the FBS level is, is outside of the 100-mile, then you can transfer there regardless of what the distance is. Um, and then they kind of make a provision over that. I don't know. That's just kind of speculation that they could do that, but they could also keep to how, what we've seen, er, you know, previously, which is nope, 100 miles and, and that's it. So I think from my point of view, unless told otherwise, I'm just going to assume that he will unfortunately not be able to play with us this year. Um, just based on kind of what we've seen already through through this off season. Um, and then now, why, why, why do you think it's taken this long? I mean, I like, obviously I'm, I'm, I don't think they're, you know, debating this, you know, for weeks. I, I think they probably simply haven't gotten to the case, but I mean, you know what? Uh, I don't know. You, you, you would just think that if, if that is, if they, if they want to set that precedent of, you know, the, the steadfast hundred mile radius rule, which I get you have to draw the line somewhere, right? Because, you know, if you do 114, then it's 115 next. So it's 120 next. It's 130 next. You see where I'm going. So um, I, I get that. But, but you, you kind of got to think, like, if if you have the appeal and that's the thing, you would think they would quickly just, you know, kind of isolate those cases and say, look, 100 miles is 100 miles. I'm sorry. Boom, denied. The end. You know, why, why are we still sitting here talking about this waiting, you know, weeks later? Yeah, I don't know. Um outside of that we're not a power five school or that we don't have deep pockets to push it through the NCAA. I don't. And that's, and that's probably the real problem. Yeah, that's I mean, probably you just it. Yeah. So, but I, you know, outside of just that kind of speculation, I, I, I wouldn't know. Um, the, I, you know, we would like to hear this quickly. Um, you know, just kind of give us a resolution on it. Uh, but you know, we're just at their mercy and until otherwise, you know, we won't really know anything, which kind of sucks. Humor me here. Let's say it gets approved. All right. So, so like I said, he, he transferred from o- Oklahoma State, um, had a great true freshman year, had uh, almost 500 yards, 469 yards um, on 99 carries. Um, and then uh, last year, 
uh, you know, kind of regressed a little bit, uh, 153 rushing yards, uh, 95 receiving yards. Um, and he played in 10 games last year, but, um, the kid's a beast. I mean, he, he looks like a prototypical, uh, like NFL running back. Um, you know, he, he's got the size, he's got the strength. Um, you know, he's obviously a, a fairly local product, uh, you know, from Fitzgerald. Um, let's say it, you know, the appeal gets approved. Um, you know, because once once we kind of get into the offensive preview, we'll kind of talk about the running back situation without King. So with this, let's say it gets approved. Where does he then fit in um, to this offense if that happens? Um, if he gets approved, I think he fits in right away. I think he's he's probably the start running back um, and that that he's he's thrown in there immediately. Um, he's a he's an excellent talent. He is he's uh, I mean, he's. He brings sort of a uh, like a just a, a, a you know just it's just a more piece and a, and a more you know just an athletic piece to it that kind of just takes our running back group up a step up a notch. It just gives our the defenses that we play one more person that they have to sit there and scout and prepare for, and when they have one more person they have to legit scout and prepare for, that's less time that they have to sit there and you know focus on shy or focus on speedy or focus on right or whoever and now you're now you're at the advantage now you have you know an advantage over the defense that you play um and you know he's just he's a really good football player and why not why would you not want that to have him you know to be on the field yep yep absolutely um, all right, so now let's uh, let's move on uh, to our preview portion. You know, now that we got got all that out of the way, um, and we will start uh, with offense. Um, so, second second full year under uh, Bob DeBess um, in his uh, his uh, pistol shotgun um, option, we uh, certainly improved. Uh, you know, from 2017, uh, 30.5 points per game. Um, that ranks uh, 52nd nationally, and it was uh, fourth in the Sun Belt. Um, you know, let's start, Cody, with I guess just overall uh, before we get position by position. Let's uh, you know, with this offense in the second year under DeBess, you know, we you know I, I was able to join you um, for the spring game. Uh, you were able to obviously watch that game and this latest scrimmage. Um, you know, it, it, it seems like, you know, we definitely kind of want to pass the ball a little bit more, be a little bit more balanced. That's not saying that we're getting away from the run or anything like that. I, I, I still think we're going to be a run first team. Um, but where, where do you kind of see this, uh, this Bob DeBess offense, um, you know, maturing and evolving, um, in 2019? Well, I think they kind of already came out and said that they want to quote unquote like expand the playbook or or you know expand more of what what the best has in his arsenal um which is obvious right because we kind of put in a, a a base system last year to kind of get the basics in and to kind of get everything going so you would obviously expect it to expand um i'm hoping that what that means is more of a passing attack um if you go back and kind of really look at our history of our really really great teams teams that won national championships um, they had a passing element that you know that was really really good. Tracy Helm, obviously, is was a fantastic passing quarterback, on top of being a really really great option quarterback. Um, so you think for us to kind of take that next step, you know, not only as a offense but as a team to really kind of go to that next level to kind of be really recognized as a top G five 
um, powerhouse, we're going to have to really kind of, I think, expand and, and to make it to where the passing attack, you know, isn't, you know, we're not, I'm not talking about throwing the ball 20, 30 times a game, obviously, but in the 10 to 15 times that we throw the, the ball, you know, would like to at least connect it 10 to 12 times at least and, and, and to have at least, you know, 100 to 150, 200 yards on those connects. So, you know, when you do that, that expands the defense. When the defense is, is spread out more, it makes it a lot easier to run the ball in this uh, offense, and that just brings about good things. Yeah, what, one thing that I found interesting in, in the spring game, and I mean, certainly that's when you kind of work on work on things, and it's early. Um, and again, I wasn't able to watch, uh, you know, this latest scrimmage. But, you know, it, it definitely seems like we're putting kind of a, a bigger focus on the, the short to medium passing game. Obviously, most of our yards, uh, you know, through the air were on those those big plays, you know, whether it was play action or, you know, Darren Anderson was just like streaking down the field and, and Wirtz was able to hurl it up and him run under it. Um, I, I still think that will be there. Um, and I, I think it still needs to be there, but um, we definitely need to evolve in that intermittent, uh, you know, passing game. Um, and, and I think if we can kind of improve in that area with those, you know, quick slant routes or, or those out routes, um, you know, even screens, uh, you know, getting guys like Wesley Kennedy involved more, you know, on, on the passing game and getting him the ball in space, I think you'll, you'll see this offense really kick it up a notch. And obviously that's only going to help um, the run game. Yeah, and, and not only Wesley Kennedy, but a guy that I'm really excited to see as he – as a kind of what part he plays in this offense um, in that slot will be Najee Thompson. Uh, young man has world-class speed, and I just can't wait to see him just kind of blow by defenses when he gets the ball in his hands. Um, so, yeah, I completely agree. Let's kind of you know, want to expand out the, the intermediate short passing game, you know, get guys kind of spread out in space, see what we can do. And and see if, if we can really make defenses at that point really question. All right, do we you know kind of spread our defense to stop this? And if so, you know we know that they're just gonna run the ball down our throats. How are we gonna stop that? And probably the answer is you can't. So yeah. um, I would love for it to be something that is is implemented and something that we do successfully because uh, that will just bring you know I think that would just be big things for us. Um, I do want to say, and maybe I misheard it, and I don't know if you've heard it, but during the, I think it was a Sunbelt Media Day, when Lunsford was interviewed by uh, Danny Reed, he mentioned something about being under center more. Yep, yep now, I heard that. Okay, so do you, what is, when you heard that, what did you kind of like first think? Like, did you think that, does that mean that? Wishbone, baby. <laughs> Flex mode. We're going back. No, I mean, uh, I mean, probably like I, I think it's short yardage. It makes sense, you know. I, I know we saw it very, you know, in, in, in limited numbers last year, and, and you know, I know, uh, you know, the best ran some of that at New Mexico, and I know a lot of people were excited about that, um, you know, when uh, when he was hired on, um, and, and probably didn't see as much of it as, as those people wanted, but um I, yeah i i think in 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 kind of your goal line packages and your short yardage uh you know uh, fourth and short third and short packages um i think it makes sense um you know as long as we can do it 
at a high at a high clip and and you know uh, be pretty efficient on it um and you know that's going to come down we'll get into the offensive line here in a second but with you know with a new center and things like that obviously that comes into play you know it has to be you know just a seamless uh handoff there you know i i think Wirtz is certainly capable of of, of going under center um but he hasn't done it a lot so you know it, it, i i you know i think as as long as they've been practicing it uh, which I'm sure they have, um, you know, if, if he would say something like that at media day, um, you know, I, I would love to see it, honestly, because th- th- there's been plenty of situations where we kind of could have used that type of package um, where instead we, you know, we lined up several yards, you know, behind center. Um, and obviously if, if you're still planning on running the ball, that, that kind of puts you, you know, uh, behind the eight ball there. So Yeah, and you mentioned something as far as using it in a, in a third and short or fourth and short package is, you know, that's something that we struggled with a lot last year. Yep. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I think our third down conversion was not really that great. And even when it was third and short, it still wasn't that great at all. Um, which is something that definitely has to improve um, if we really if we want to if we want to build on our success from last year. So yeah, I think I, I kind of I agree with you on that 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 has to definitely be a part of it. Um, I'm also just quite curious as to how much of the playbook or how much of the offense is going to be under center, and would it be something that if they see that a team didn't prepare for that at all, would they be comfortable running that for maybe like? 60 70 percent of a game if an offense can't stop or if a defense can't stop it sure you know like a like a a georgia state or even app state or or troy you come out against troy and just start running down their throat out of the wishbone yep you know flex bone yeah i mean i I agree i I think that could be huge if if they you know kind of have the guts to do that yeah that and and you know and i think this kind of gets back to uh, you know, kind of the same point that I made about J.D. King as far as what would be beneficial about him being able to play. You know, if now we're having, now teams see us running this this under center flex bone, wishbone style offense, you know, that's time that they have to prepare instead of against our gun option. Um, yeah. So, you know, you know, you kind of kind of put defenses, you know, and, and their preparation kind of in a balance. Well, what do I want to focus on? Do I want to focus on this or do I want to focus on that? And if you guess wrong and you, you know we run the other style of offense then then it's looking like we're going to probably run all day on you yeah well absolutely and 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 even pass i mean you can obviously pass out of that formation as well um so if if that if that's even a wrinkle that we throw in if we do kind of put an emphasis where we're uh you know running under center more um, and, and teams, you know, start kind of game planning for it a little bit more. Yeah. Hit them over the top, you know, with a pass, you know, I, I've been watching all those, uh, Kennesaw state games and stuff, you know, in between our games. And, and it, it's great to kind of see that, uh, that under center formation and just the quarterback drop back and just, you know, throw it over the line and, you know, to the tight end or, or streaking wide receiver, um, you know, and then gobble up some yards. So, um, that's, that's the thing too, is, is, you know, don't forget that you can throw out of that formation as well. Um, even, even in, uh, in, you know, uh, third and fourth and short situations or goal line situations, um, you know, and, and kind of really throw the teams off. So I think that would be a great wrinkle to kind of add, um, you know, to our arsenal, 
um, that, you know, we, where we were, you know, pretty limited last year. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, obviously, uh, like I mentioned, improved in a lot of areas, uh, you know, 30 plus points per game. We had throughout the stat, uh, I don't have the, the win total on there, but we, we have a, a crazy win percentage with, uh, you know, 30 uh, plus points per game, um, on there. So, I mean, obviously what we did last year was great. Um, but to be able to kind of throw in, you know, more of the playbook, throw in some more looks, um, that's only going to benefit us. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And we have to, you know, that, that increase in points per game from 17 to to 18 last year was great, but I want to see us with more points per game. Like I want it, I want it to be closer to 35 this year. I think that should be a goal, like 35 points a game. That should kind of be our goal. If we're putting up that many points, um, a game this year, uh, I think we're going to have a lot to celebrate about uh, come December. Yep, yep, absolutely. So now let's um, let's move into the position group. So we'll start uh, just kind of what we've been saying uh, with with the quarterback position, and then you know uh, that's that's my big, biggest kind of question here is with Shy Wirtz, uh coming back his, his third year as a starter. Um, obviously a lot of growing pains there, uh, you know, as a freshman, we had talked about it extensively last season of just how much he grew, um, you know, as, as a leader, as a runner, as a passer, um, last year, um, you know, specifically as a passer, you know, where do you kind of see him, uh, you know, growing, uh, you know, in, in this offense um, going into his junior um, year? Well, everything that, that we've heard so far is that passing-wise, he's gotten better. And so I want to, you know, I think kind of, I think what we kind of want to see is more of a higher completion percentage. But, I mean, that's going to kind of depend on game by game and kind of what, you know, what's going on. But I think overall, I think you kind of want to see the per- the completion, completion percentage to, to increase. Um, this season and you know obviously you know stick with the no interceptions I mean that should be a cakewalk right um especially if we're gonna throw it more um right so but I mean obviously that's, that's something that sometimes is just not in your control it tips off hands or whatever you can't you know don't I wouldn't stress on that so much like if you throw one you know okay you know it, it happens yeah, he. I mean, I, I'm I, like, trust me, <laughs> you and I would love nothing more than him to complete another season without throwing an interception. Yeah, it's, but I yeah. mean, let's be real. It's <laughs> like it's it's gonna um, happen. But you know, I think just kind of, I think just overall, I think that you know they kind of mentioned that his understanding of the why part of the offense now, where he can be more of the, pretty much more of the offensive coordinator on the field to where. You know, I I think the thing that I kind of question the most, or, or, or I'm really curious about, is will they give him the chance to audible? You know, if he sees something that he doesn't like, if he sees like, okay, this is going to be a dive play, but obviously I can see uh, linebackers going to shoot the a gaps, and that this is going to be stuffed pretty much immediately because you're going to be more defenders and we can block. Then, you know, will he have the chance to audible that out and go to a pitch or go to a quick uh out pass to uh the slot. or even change the formation yeah or change the formation yeah exactly so that's kind of the things that i'm kind of more curious about than anything else is not so much as, as him growing as a passer but will they really let him take the reins of this offense and really let him be the general out on that field and kind of you know dictate kind of what's going on um and if he can do that 
and and he can do that well, watch out, watch out. We're 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 gonna be one hundred percent the most dangerous yeah. team in the Sun Belt, without a question. Um, so that's what I'm curious about. No, I I agree, and I you know I'm I'm really excited for. Uh, for this season, uh, you know, for shy, I really am. And, you know, obviously with, with everything that's happened in fall camp, obviously that wasn't expected and, and uh, you know, wasn't uh, the best of circumstances, but obviously, like we said, I think he's going to bounce back from that. Um, and, you know, I, uh, I think that we have potential for this to be the season of, of shy words. I, I really think that this could be his coming out party. Um, not, not that he hasn't proved anything, um, you know, last year, you know, uh, again, made huge strides from the year before, but I really think in this, in this junior season that we could really see him develop just as kind of the total package, um, you know, improve as a passer, uh, make smarter reads, um, you know, with, with the pitches and, and, and the keeps. Um, and then, like you said, it be, be that field general. I, I, I think there's there's potential for him to, to really have a breakout season. And I agree. If, if that happens, um, watch out because we will be an extremely dangerous team, not just for the Sun Belt, but for anyone we play. Yep, I completely agree with that. Um, so let's let's move on. Uh, let's keep it with quarterbacks because I think it's 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 uh, you know fair to talk about who is behind Shy. Obviously, um, you know with everything that had happened, uh, you know those conversations already kind of ha- you know happened a little bit uh, with the media of, uh, and then people on social media talking of you know well who do we have behind him and you know there was a lot of kind of question marks there. Um, so so let's let's talk about the depth there. Um, you know obviously. Probably not as much depth at the quarterback position as, as we have it as some other, uh, you know, skill positions or other positions on the offense or defense. Um, but, you know, there, there's still some talent there. Um, so, you know, it, it seems like Justin Tomlin, a redshirt freshman, um, is is kind of the has solidified that number two uh, position, Cody. I know we were talking, you know, before recording this that you're really impressed with him. I know, you know, I, I had a chance to see him at the spring game. Um, you know, the kid's got an arm on him. Um, you know, he, he, he can uh, he can run, he can make plays. Um, so just kind of tell me a little bit about him, and then we can kind of get into, uh, you know, who's who's sitting behind him. To me, in my opinion, from what I've seen, as you just mentioned, that I think he's the number everything – from what we've been able to see, you know, just through the practices and, and, and scrimmages is that um, I think the talent is, is is there. I think he has the ability to, to, to run this offense um, if need be. Um, I think the biggest question with him is just going to be, can he, you know, is the, is the game speed going to be too fast for him? Now, if he's practicing against our defense, you know, day in and day out, I don't think that's going to be a too – much of a concern um but in the the thing is 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 how much of the offense does he know how much of the offense does he feel comfortable with and and how much can they really run with him out on the field i just kind of just my personal gut feeling i think they can run a, a pretty good bit maybe not as much as shy obviously but if he has to go out on the field i don't feel i'm not completely 100% uneasy about it. I'm not like, oh gosh, there 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 it goes. We're not going to win this game. I, that's not how that's not how I'm going to take it. I think he has the the abilities and in, in the in the talent to um to to lead the offense and to lead it well. 
Um, obviously, I don't think he's going to be as, as well as Shy just because of of the experience and everything that Shy has. But I don't think we should be in a full on panic mode if he has to go in there to, to to play football games. Sure. Now looking behind him, uh, you have a redshirt sophomore and Jalen Fraser. Um, you know he he's a runner. Uh, you know I, I you know from from what I've kind of seen, you know his passing might not quite be there yet. Um, he he definitely run the ball, and then also in the mix you have uh, a, a true freshman and Jaden Jenkins, uh, which you know a lot of people are really high on Cody, and uh, you know I, I I've seen some stuff out there of how he might be kind of that that next guy up the the future if you will of the position um you know he's he's a he's a big kid at 62 uh you know certainly doesn't fit uh the mold that we're used to seeing as as a Georgia Southern quarterback you know he definitely has the size but he still um is is, is you know is quick and has elusiveness um and can throw the ball um but so tell me about those two guys a little bit and, and, and Frazier and Jenkins and uh what kind of again both both young guys as well um so what what kind of depth do they bring um you know to the position and, and really kind of moving forward yeah so I think Frazier's like a redshirt junior I think he came in he either came in the same class as Shire the one right after Shy. I can't remember which right now uh sophomore I believe Okay, so redshirt sophomore is what he is. So, all right, so this is his third year. Um, you know, he, obviously he's been under the system, you know, two years as well. Um, I think, as you mentioned, I think if he ever has to come into the game, I think it will kind of be just primarily running the ball at that point. Um, there may be some a few passing plays that they may feel comfortable with him. He could be there, like our, but, he could be our Izzy. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, and so, but you know hopefully you know you know we're not down to the the third string quarterback you know outside of if we're like kind of you know blowing out somebody uh as far as the young freshman that's coming in um i think as you said he has talent for days it's just going to be how quickly can he pick up on the offense and how quickly can he uh get himself accustomed to what we run and the speed of the game at the collegiate level uh i think once when you once when he gets those things down which may take him you know obviously you know through his red shirt you know have the red shirt this year I think once when he gets those things down I think then he'll be able to really kind of push uh Tomlin for that starting spot um after uh Wirtz graduates yep all right cool so now let's move uh to running back uh you know this is obviously a very important position in the offense uh, especially for Georgia Southern you know not not as much depth uh, you know, this year as, as we've had in the past, um, you know, I, I see, I don't, I don't know if I would agree with that. Maybe not as much known depth. Okay. I think there's that's talent fair. there. That's fair. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's there. fair. And, and I mean, you know, obviously with, yeah, you, you're reading like the outside uh, blogs and the Athlon sports and all this kind of stuff. And, and, you know, obviously seeing that you lost the top two running backs, um, you know, and that obviously to the, outside perspective looking in is concerning um but but yeah if if, if you kind of look at at the actual talent that we have there while they haven't had their chance to shine um there is talent there so that starts with logan wright um you know he he seems to kind of be the uh the feature back you know in, in this offense obviously uh, like we mentioned if, if uh, whatever happens with the J.D. King situation. If he does get approved, that might change things where maybe they split time or, you know, rotate, what what have you. Um, but, again, if, if, if 
that doesn't pan out, and uh, you know he has to set out a year. It looks like Logan Wright's the guy. He's big. Uh, he's power back, but he's also got some speed. Um, you know, wh- what can you kind of tell me about him? Um, and then we'll kind of get to the guys behind Simbon. He he's big. Yeah, and, and he could run fast. And I think it's going to be something where by the second quarter, linebackers and D linemen aren't going to want to tackle him anymore because he's going to beat them up. No, look. Wesley Fields and Monteo Gayer last year were two great senior running backs, and we couldn't have had better senior leadership in that position to help our young guys get accustomed to the offense that DeBess and Lunsford and, and company want to run here at Southern. Um, they were tremendous examples, and they were tremendous leaders, and they were great for what we needed at the time. That being said, I really think Logan Wright – has the ability right now this season to eclipse what Field and or Garrett did, you know, with their time here at Set Southern. I think Wright has that high of a ceiling. And, you know, this could be a season in which not only does he kind of break out in the eyes of Southern fans, um, he could really break out in a way that people not only in our conference notice, but nationally as well. Um, he has kind of that potential. He's very strong, very big, very fast. And, you know, if we, if the line and offense can all kind of, you know, gel and, and put everything together, and we'll get with the offensive line here in a, in a minute, then you're looking at Logan Wright being, um, having a huge season. Um, and if that's the case, as I think we kind of, we're going to kind of probably be like a, you know, saying the same thing over and over again. But if he if he can do that, then this opens up the entire offense, and, and buddy, we're going to be rocking and rolling. Yeah, I mean, six foot two twenty five. Um, you know, just a sophomore, redshirt sophomore. Um, you know, we kind of saw. Well, what... that's what they that's what they listed him as. Yeah. People there, I think Danny Reed is is saying that he looks more like he's six thirty. 645. I mean, I mean he, he looks way bigger. Two, than that. 230, Honestly, 245. I, 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 just, yeah. I just looked up the measurables, to be honest with you. And like, and I, I was, I was kind of shocked when I saw the 225. And, you know, I, cause, cause you, you see him run even last year. And I'm, I'm sure he's probably put on weight since. Uh, but, you know, I was going to bring up that Coastal Carolina game. And that was kind of his uh, coming out party. And, you, you know, he, yeah. he really kind of put on a show there. Uh, was running between the tackles, uh, you know, almost was, uh, you know, um, was kind of like honing in on, on AP there, you know, with like throwing guys left and right. Um, it, it it was, it was crazy to quote Nick Saban. They could not stop them. He could not stop them. Yeah. He Um, was literally just running through them. Like, yeah. And so, and, and, and also too, when you look at, I think if you look at their stats, a yard per carry, you see the, the two, and of course we'll get to this young man in, in a minute. Um, uh, Wesley Kenny, both him and, and Wright both had, I think, higher yards per carry than Fields or Garrett did last year. Now, obviously, they had a smaller sample size, but, you know, if they can bring those averages over into this season, holy cow, mm. this is going to be a great offense. It's going to be a fun offense to watch. Yep. And now let's talk about Wesley Kennedy. So th- this is a kid that obviously was one of our biggest playmakers last year. Um, obviously had one one of the plays of the season against uh, Arkansas State on that reverse, um, you know, to win the game. Are you going to brag how you called that play before I did, again? I did call that play. I, 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 said, <laughs> I, I said it in the podcast after, but yeah, I, I'll, uh, yeah, I mean, now that you bring it up, <laughs> yes, I did. 
I, I leaned over to you. I said, we should do a reverse here. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, apparently Bob the best has, has a mic set on me or something, but, um, with, with Kennedy, obviously moving from the slot to, to running back, we saw him, um, you know, in, in that position a little bit last year, but w- him being in it full time, at least that's what we're thinking. Um, and then we'll get to the slot here in a second, but, um, what do you kind of expect to see out of him? Because, I mean, obviously, if, if Logan is that kind of feature back, um, obviously we're no strangers to rotating those guys out, um, you know, way more so than kind of your traditional team that's going to kind of stick with the one guy. Um, but, you know, we, we kind of complained a lot last year. Of, we're not getting uh, Wesley the, the ball enough. You know, he, he's one of the best players on the team. He's one of the best athletes. we got to find ways to get him the ball. So uh, obviously some of the formations, he's going to be on the field at the same time as Garrett, or I'm sorry, as, as Logan Wright. Um, but, you know, do, do you think him being in that number two position, you know, is, is that going to be kind of a disservice to him and what he can kind of bring to this offense? No, because I imagine him to be lined up everywhere except on the offensive line um, in some way, form or, or another, he's going to be on the field. Uh you know, you mentioned as far as there's games in which he didn't get the the ball as much as we would like to. I think that has to deal with maybe ball control. I think that's kind of the rumor that was out there that, that ball control may have been an issue with him at times. And I think, you know, if you can't hold on to the ball in this offense, or if you can't hold on to the ball when you're in the field, I don't think you're going to see much playing time under Lunsford and, and DeBess. So um, that would be the kind of the only thing that, that, that kind of, maybe concerning um would be him holding on to the football which you know he did drop it a few times on the field but you know those kind of really kind of seemed to have uh, gotten a lot better as the season progressed and you know he was definitely by the end of the season out there a lot so whether he's lined up behind shy as a running back or if he's in the slot and then motions in over or he lines up as a wide receiver or however they want to, you know, get him on the field. He will be on the field some way or another. Um, it's just going to be how are they going to use him and uh, kind of how are teams going to focus on trying to stop him. And, you know, there may be games in which he's more effective at running back. There may be games in which he's more effective in the slot. There may be games in which it doesn't matter where he lines up, a team can't stop him. So, I think he's just he's just gonna be a fun player to watch, and you know what we don't want to have happen is four games into the season, and and we're wondering why he's only getting five touches. Yeah, that's in, that's that's know. kind of my concern at this point. You know, is is just I mean, yeah, the the, the ball uh, ball control uh, issue um, is an issue, you know, but uh, you know if uh, so if that's the case, um, you know that's that's fair, but. Uh, yeah, I, I I still say like if if you're if you're kind of focused on Logan running between the tackles, then you got to split him out to slot and you know get him the ball on the pitch or get him involved in the passing game or you know obviously he's going to probably still play special teams. Um, but like we said all last year, you've got to get that kid the ball as much as possible because he's a home run threat anytime he touches the ball. Oh, exactly, without a doubt. So let's talk about another guy that could potentially be a home run threat that, um, you know, uh, didn't really see a lot of playing time last year. Um, but he, he's, he's a little guy. 
He's super fast. That's why he has a nickname Speedy, and that's Matt LaRoche. Um, you know, this this is a guy that, uh, you know, he's he's almost kind of built like a Breida. Um, got that kind of sprinter speed. Do you think he'll kind of see some increased playing time? At least that's that's kind of what the the rumor mill has it right now. Um, and you know what what can he kind of bring to this uh, to this backfield? Yeah, I think you'll you'll see him uh, definitely on the field more. And I think last year you didn't see him as much because I think he was kind of hampered with an ankle injury, um, which kind of kept him off the field more than probably what they would have liked to. But he'll um. If he can stay healthy, and that's the big thing, if he can stay healthy, this will be an excellent person to have in the backfield that kind of complements Logan Wright. You know, you kind of view it as thunder and lightning, you know, pretty much with both them in the backfield. And so, you know, with him, it'll be kind of that, bam, quick burst inside. He'll be an inside back. I think if there was an interview with uh, yep, Coach Foster. I saw that. that, was yeah. already, that that's what he stated. Um and so you will look for him to try to hit the hole real quick, burst through it, and then bam, as you said, Brita esque, he's gone for you know to the to the house. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how that unfolds. Hopefully, it does. And you know, if it does, man, th- this offense could be this offense. Just overall, this offense could be really, really special because. Um, as we're going kind of through these skill players right now in this podcast, there's not a skill player on this team that I don't think has just the, a tremendous high ceiling and in, in their potential and are extremely talented football players. And to me, this could be one of the, if the offensive line performs well, this could be one of the best offenses we've, we've seen here. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, uh, like, like you said, while, while the talent might not be as known, um, you know, as, as, as years past, uh, you know, especially at the running back position. Um, and that's honestly the case. I mean, look, look at Brita. I mean, he kind of came out of nowhere. Right. And then, uh, you yeah, know, exactly. 2014, I mean, no one knew who Matt Brita was and then just insane season, you know, and, and, and then by, you know, week three or four, everyone's just expecting it. Like just hand on the ball, boom, he gone, you know, every time. Yep. So and that's, that, that could be the case with this. You just have him waiting in the wings and not to take anything away uh, you know, from from Garrett or Fields, uh, both you know great backs, uh, but you know there there's always that next man up when it comes to Georgia Southern running backs, and uh, you're you're right. I I, I do think that uh, the you know future looks really promising at the at this position. Mm-hmm. Yep. So with with uh, staying with the running backs, is there anyone you know I've uh, seen some good things out of like Gerald Green. Um, you know, I know he had a, a big day at this uh, latest scrimmage. Um, I heard his name actually a lot at the spring game as well. Um, you know, do, do you think he might see any playing time this year? He may. I mean, you know, him, Cuttingham um, is another one. Uh, there may be one or two more that I'm missing that I can't think of off the top of my head. Um, you know, th- possibilities are there either through just kind of rotation and how they perform during practice and kind of earning their their way onto the field or if you know we're in a a blowout situation and we just need to get some people in there just to kind of get them some playing time yeah I think he has a a shot of of at least getting onto the field for sure um so we'll just kind of have to kind of you know wait and see but the talent there you know we just mentioned those kind of those three guys there but talent after them 
is pretty promising as well. It's not like we kind of just drop off. Well, like you, you said, know, cut, Cunningham was an interesting one that we were both both really excited about. Obviously, a uh, highly recruited player had the injury that kind of hurt his stock a little bit. Um, you know, I had like 40 something offers or whatever, uh, you know, uh, coming out of high school, um, here in Florida, but, uh, with, you know, he, he entered the transfer portal, you know, and, and then ended up coming back. Um, you know, is, is, is that a kid that, that might kind of see some increased playing time, um, you know, and how, how might that kind of, uh, you know, affect the whole situation? Yeah, he may, man. He trucked somebody today in the scrimmage. Yeah. I mean, absolutely just ran him over. Um, but yeah, I mean, he had, you know, again, I, I, I really trust the coaching staff with this. And if they put somebody out there on the field, then I think, then I think we can have confidence that they've earned it and, and that we should expect uh, really, really high things out of them. Yep. So with, with the slot position, you know, we, we kind of alluded to that a little bit with Kenny moving, uh, you know, out of that, we certainly might see him kind of rotated in there. Um, but you have uh, a guy that you, you know, mentioned at the beginning of the pod- uh, podcast and, uh, Najee Thompson, um, you know, talk about him a little bit, um, of, uh, of what he kind of might bring, uh, to this, this position. Speed, man. Yeah. He will bring some speed to this offense and he will, he will force people to, to expand their defense if, if he can really, um, really take hold of that position he he just has world-class speed if he can be able to catch and, and hold on to a football if you don't have at least extra people out there to try to, to stop him before he gets going you're never going to catch him you're not you're just not going to catch him at all and so if he can if he can really step up here and really kind of get out there and, and really make it to where he is is a legit weapon then it's going to be pick your poison. Either you, you keep an extra defender out there to make sure he doesn't bust it all the way, or you don't, and he burns you. So I think that's his kind of, that's his peak. You know, that's that's kind of the, that's kind of the thing that he brings to the table. And uh, I, I'm kind of, I'm really excited to see kind of how he unfolds this season. Um, he may not be somebody that at the beginning may not be out there a lot, or maybe he will, I don't know. But, if he if he kind of I, I would kind of expect him to kind of grow as the season progresses. Yeah, I think you'll see him more and more out on the field. Yeah, and and just a sophomore there, uh, another guy at that position, Malik Murray. I've seen him listed a, a, on the depth chart. Um, you know, we might see him at playing some slot as well. Yeah, you will. And both guys are great. I mean, we've heard Malik Murray. I think he's he's been here for a little while. Um, he's he's an excellent receiver. He can he can play that spot. And he can he can definitely bring a, a an edge to that position as well, and um, and and really kind of in and, and help our team. You know, you have those three guys: uh, Thompson, Malik Murray, and Kennedy. Of course, he'll split time with that and running backs, but that's that's a great trio um, there at the slot. And then you have a bunch of young guys behind them that are going to push them for playing time. That also have tremendous speed and tremendous upside. So. Um, the depth here and all the skill set players are really starting to, to, to get thick and it's gonna, I, the future is bright from what I've seen. And from what I can tell, the future is very bright for this football team. Yeah, absolutely. So 
moving on to the receivers um, and the tight ends, right? So, uh, you know, we had several transfers, uh, you know, go in that transfer portal and transfer out uh, probably, and and, and, uh, the majority of them were uh, wide receivers. Um, So, the the big name there was Obi Fortune, obviously, you know, uh, a starter with us for a couple of years. Um, you know, what does that kind of do to this offense? Um, obviously, he and you know, no receiver in the Georgia Southern offense ever has, you know, glaring numbers, um, and and he he certainly didn't. But obviously, they bring you know something to the blocking game and and things like that so so losing those guys what does that kind of mean you know sorry yeah i mean losing obi i think is kind of disappointing he's a he was a probably you know a leader in that within that group um but you know the young man had you know made a choice and, and we respect that i think we have kobe ransom and you have anderson that are going to be the two primary receivers in this offense and both yep. of them are, are really really good you have some young guys that are there. I know a few or a couple had, had transferred out, but you still got some guys there that are talented. Um, obviously, as a receiver, if you want to get passes thrown your way, you, the first thing that they make make sure you know how to do and do well is block. So Anderson really kind of, I think, really took hold of that last season. You saw him really get better as a blocking receiver, and you saw him kind of on the field a lot more as the season progressed. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and then, uh, of course, you know, he had a, he had a, he had a few touchdown passes that were very memorable and some big games. Um, and I think you can expect yep. to see more of that this year from him. Kobe Ransom is kind of a, a very, very, very fast, uh, speed threat and, um, will always be a guy that if you don't watch out, will burn your secondary, um, and get behind them and, and be a, a big touchdown pass. So, um, we'll see kind of how that position group transitions over the next two or three years after these guys kind of move on. Um, but from what I've kind of heard and read about and seen, um, there may be some guys that are on the team that may not be able to play now, but in the next year or two will be pretty, uh, they'll be pretty good. Yeah, I know. I know in the scrimmage, uh, you know, a guy, uh, Caleb Hood, uh, you know, a true freshman. Uh, I think he was maybe playing some slot, um, but you know, he had uh uh, 32 uh, rushing yards and, and 55 receiving yards. He was kind of all over the place and, and one of the kind of key players on the offense uh, in that scrimmage. And again, just a scrimmage, but I know, you know, he, he kind of uh, turned some heads there. So, I mean, that, that, that might be a, a kid that you might see in the future. Yep. Or, or possibly this season. I mean, if he keeps yep. on, you know, showcasing his talents as well as he did today, he may be forcing the coaching staff to put him on the field this season. Um, yeah, his, his scrimmage today was really, really good. So now moving, uh, we'll move to tight ends. Uh, so obviously losing Ellis Richardson there, um, you know, was, was a huge hit. I mean, the, the, this was a kid that was a great blocker, but obviously, uh, you know, a, a key part of the passing game as well. Um, you know, had had uh, two touchdown uh, grabs um, against Troy, uh, and you know, we, we kind of, kind of came out a little bit later in the season. We, we kind of dubbed him as like our, our breakout player of the year. And I don't think that he necessarily wasn't, I don't think he, he had maybe the, the, the season that we expected, um, but, but still a, a really good, good season at, at tight end. And, um, you know, so losing him, you know, big hit, but we, uh, Cam Brown seems to be the guy, uh, you know, he, he got some playing time, uh, last year. He seems to kind of be the, the clear number one, um, at the, at the tight end position. 
Yeah, he does. And I think kind of it appears, obviously, I think in this offense that, that the tight end is going to be more of a blocking role than in as a receiving role. Um, so with Cam Brown, I think he's in a pretty good uh, blocking tight end. I don't think we should really be too much concerned there. I know we got a couple of um, highly touted recruits yep. this past recruiting season that came in. Um, I think one is uh, the son of former uh, baseball catcher Charles Johnson, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and uh, so the the talent there, they got young talent that's obviously there, but they just need a couple, you know, a year or two to kind of grow. And I think kind of, you know, Cam Brown offers the team that and allows them to develop and, and get accustomed to this offense. Um, and he'll he'll be a he'll be a really good uh, tight end for us in, in, in terms of blocking. And he even called a touchdown pass last year. So it's not yep. out of the realm for us to throw the ball to him. He obviously can show that he can catch the ball. Um, and so that he will he, I know I'm sure he'll will be a threat there um, at some point in the season. Some team will forget about him and, and we'll sneak him out and we'll connect with him. Uh, I can promise you that. Um, but I think for right now, his main purpose is is his blocking responsibilities in that position, and I think he's going to do a really good job at it. Yep. So now, uh, talking about blocking, let's move to the offensive line. Uh, you know, lose uh, two starters there. Um, you know, obviously, big uh, question mark there is losing our center in uh, Curtis Rainey. Um, you know, he, you know, we've been blessed. Uh, you know, the last. Um, you know, a couple of years to have uh, really solidified that center position. Um, obviously, Andy Kwan and then and then Rainey. Um, so, and it, super important position. I mean, you know, may, maybe one of the most underrated, uh, you know, positions on the offense or an entire football team um, is that center position. Obviously, with a option offense to be able to get the ball out quick, um, kind of predicate the entire flow of the offense um, is just vital. Um, and so that's going to be interesting, uh, you know, to kind of see, you know, what, what happens there. And, uh, and, and, you know, if, uh, it, it seems like, uh, Jacob Cooper is, is the name I'm hearing that he, he's moving over from right guard, uh, to center. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, Cooper makes that transition. Um, and if there's any kind of, uh, you know, hiccups or growing pains, um, in, in that center position, at least early on in the season. Yeah. And I, I didn't see any of that today in the scrimmage. I think for the most part, the, the relationship between the center and the quarterback seemed to be pretty well, um, at least when the ones were out there. Um, but yeah, you're talking about the offensive line. I think this is the, this is the group, this is the position group that if we want to go from good to great as a whole on the offense, this is the spot where it has to improve on. Um, we've kind of already mentioned that third and short situations last year, we were not that great at, and that kind of is, is really, you know, on the shoulders of the offensive line, you know, to get that push and allow those running backs to, to at least get that yard or two. Um, when everybody in the stadium knows that you're going to run the ball, they've got to really hunker down and, 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 and make it happen. Um, so it starts, as you said, with the center. I think I think Jacob Cooper and, and will do a, a good job. I think he'll 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 manage that position well. It's just that can this group as a whole gel and can they take the next step or the next progression um, in this offense and and really really make it to where you know 
holes are opening up and 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 and, and really just make it a, a a wall where defenses just can't get through and can't blow up plays. All right, so Cody, we're gonna actually end it there uh, for kind of part one of this, and then we'll pick it up. Uh, with the next episode, uh, we'll probably release them kind of back to back. But just so you know, this doesn't run too long in one episode, um, we will uh, pick it up with the defense. Uh, we'll we'll talk about special teams, um, and then we'll break down kind of the season as a whole. Um, you know, talk about that schedule. Um, you know how it kind of differs from uh, from last year. Um, you know, being that being kind of loaded there with away games. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. The schedule's different. The schedule is different. Yeah. It actually rotates each year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 conference teams that you play oh, at home, okay. you actually play them on the road the following Shut year. Shut the front door. <laughs> so we will talk about all that coming up um, in uh, part two. So uh, stay tuned for that. Hail Southern, Cody. Hail Southern, Matt. Thank you for listening to Gotta Talk. Be sure to visit our website, gotatalk.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Gata Talk Podcast for more news and coverage of Georgia Southern football. Reach out with questions, share your thoughts, or suggest topics on our social media channels or by emailing us at gatatalkpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Eagle Nation, Gata and Hail Southern. Yeah.